joy in tomorrow. Philippians chapter 3. I freely admit up front that this message may seem a little out of place this weekend. For this particular weekend. You see, Memorial Day weekend is about remembering. Honoring those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice in service to this nation. Remembering the reality that freedom isn't free. Last couple of days, my wife and I were in Washington, D.C., and we took the time to look at all the various memorials, and it really was moving to see them. And while we were at the Korean War Memorial, just in one of the etched stone monuments, does the phrase, freedom isn't free. I believe all of these things. It was a privilege to be able to visit the Korean War Memorial, the Vietnam War Memorial, the World War II War Memorial, and the various others, the Lincoln Memorial and things like that, the MLK Memorial. It was moving to see the beautiful ways those who never got to come home are honored and remembered as they should be. What was also moving for us is to see, especially at the Vietnam War Memorial, so many veterans looking at the various names on the wall and their reactions. I believe in honoring the past. I believe in giving honor to where honor is due. I also believe in learning from the past. Every mistake that you and I make should become a lesson. If, it's, if it doesn't become a lesson and doesn't teach us anything, it's a class we will retake in the future. Those things that worked in the past can be a foundation for the things as far as repeating success in the future. Yet today, I want to talk about putting the past behind us. And I want to balance it. Not without context or arbitrarily, but with a specific goal in mind that the Apostle Paul talks about in the third chapter of the book of Philippians. So that we can reach forward to what God has for you, to what God has for me, to what God has for this church today and what he has for us tomorrow. So I'm going to do my best to explain what in the world I mean. Y'all can let me know later if I reached my goal. Philippians chapter 3, begin reading in verse number 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have, appre to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, 
to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping, that though they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we so also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. I'm looking forward to that. According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. If you recall from last week's message, Paul had spent a lot of time talking about his heritage and his, if you say, his pedigree. And he let the church know that his ultimate number one goal was that in verse 11 of chapter 3, that I may know him. And he gave us a couple of ways in which he wanted to make sure he knew God more in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. We need to know Jesus more in every season of life. We need to know him in the power of his resurrection. You and I have not been called to just be also rans. We've not just been called to be mediocre. We have a power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that you and I can walk in each and every moment. And with that power, that overcoming power, that mountain moving power, you and I can know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because how many know it takes power to walk through things? It takes power to be able to walk through the trials and challenges of life and not fall apart because of them. It takes resurrection power to be able to experience the tragedies and difficulties of life and be able to come up and say, I still have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. He commented on all these things in life that once had tremendous meaning. But for him, he says in, verses, in verse 7, he counts them all as loss. And in case that wasn't clear to the church at Philippi, he makes it clear what loss is in verse 8. He counts them as rubbish or garbage. Yet he lets them know something that is, would, would, would have been real easy for the people in, in the church at Philippi and all the churches in looking at Paul, it would have been real easy for them to say, gee, if I could only be like Paul, if I could only walk like him, if I could only be like him, if I could only have grown and be as mature as him. And he says in verse 12, don't get the impression that I've made it. Don't think I've already attained I'm not there yet. Any Christian who gives you the impression they have arrived should, grow, should, should go to the top of your prayer list. Because they have deceived themselves. 
any Christian that tells you they know it all should go to the top of your prayer list. Any Christian that will not freely and openly acknowledge that they have growing to do, again, the top of your prayer list. You and I in this life, as long as you are breathing, will never reach the stage in your walk with the Lord where you have received it all. Now that's only true if you're breathing. If you're not, you can stop listening right now. There is always more to learn. There is always more to experience. Always more of Jesus to encounter. Paul freely admits in verse 12, not that I have already attained and or am already perfected. And you know, from my perspective, others may not have the same idea, but from my perspective, there is joy in knowing that I've got unfinished business to attend to. There is joy in knowing there are other things for me to learn. There is joy in knowing that I can learn and still grow and that I'm not done yet. There is joy in letting other people know that too. Because this wasn't just... Paul admitting it, this was Paul proclaiming it. And I know a lot of people who know in themselves, i got a lot to learn, but they're never going to let you know that. Because they want you to look at them as if they know it all. Again, top of your prayer list. Paul was open and honest about who he was, where he had already reached in his Christian journey, and that he still had growing to do. And we can learn from that. Then he gives us insight in the best way to achieve that growth, in the best way to achieve that maturity. Putting the past behind us and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Our desire as Christians should always be a life of excellence. To mature in the Lord in every possible way. To understand his heart and his mind in the deepest sense of those words. To grow in his wisdom in every situation. I know a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge and not a lot of sense. I know a lot of people who know a lot of things but don't possess wisdom. Which is not just knowing things, but it's knowing what to do with the things that you know. Wisdom. Growing in excellence. And for Paul, the path to excellence, the path to maturity was a path forward, not back. Now we need to balance this. We should not ignore the past. We need to remember the things and the places where we've been. We're told as we approach the Lord's table that it is a type of memorial until he comes. And we're to remember something that happened in the past when he gave his life for you and for me. Remembering the past in and of itself is not the problem. The issue that we have is when the past gets in the way of reaching forward. And there's that conflict. We all know people. And if we're honest, we've all been people, we all may be people, stuck in the past. 
some challenging situation that changed your life. And I don't want to be insensitive today. Found it difficult to move forward from something that occurred or that you experienced. Now, I'm not talking about normal, healthy grief. And I believe grief is healthy. And it can last a long time. There's nothing wrong with missing a loved one. But we can't let the past stop us from the Lord working in your life and in my life, what he wants to do today and the joy he wants to prepare you and me for tomorrow. Now, that doesn't just apply to the bad things that have happened in our lives. It applies to the good old days. Successes can stop us from moving forward just as much as failures can. When all we do is remember the good old days. When all we do is remember how things used to be. When all we do is remember how things were in some other era. But you and I serve a God who the Bible says is new and fresh every morning. I thank God for the things he's done in my life. I thank God for the things he's allowed me to see and allowed me to experience. But if the only thing I can say about God today is what he did yesterday, something is wrong in my experience with the Lord. You know the verses in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. I'll say it with me. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God has a purpose for your life today. None of us has reached the fulfillment of his promises. And how do I know that? You're still here. If you were done, you'd be done. I'm not looking to be morbid here, but that's if God didn't have anything left for you to do, he'd call you home. But the fact that you and I are still here means God has something new, something exciting, a joy for tomorrow. He wants to accomplish in your life and in mine and in the life of this church. We will honor the past. But like Paul in verse 13, we will reach forward for those things which are ahead. We will learn from the past. We will honor the past. But our goal is not to remake the past. It's to live in whatever God has for us as a people, as a church in this day and tomorrow. The purpose of our lives is not to relive yesterday and replay it, but to live today and prepare for tomorrow, I've shared in other messages the wonderful missions trip I took in November of the year 2000 to Indonesia. One of the most challenging and difficult places I have ever been. And I got to see God's power move in a miraculous and supernatural, tremendously Pentecostal way. It was awesome. I got to see Christians who, back in the year 2000, were living in challenging, 
persecuting situations that we still, even in our day, have never even experienced. But if the best thing I can say about God is what he did for me in the year 2000, something is wrong with my walk with the Lord. Because my God is new and fresh every morning. God has given, God has been good to us. Is that your testimony? God has been good to us. Give him praise. You know, God is going to be good to you today. Give him praise. God is working and preparing something good for you tomorrow. Church, give him praise. Let's not spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror. There's a reason why the windshield is a much bigger mirror because that's where you should be looking forward and not spending too much time looking behind you. And Paul not only says this is the better way. In verse 15, he calls it the more mature way. He says that we should surround ourselves in verse 17, with others who are like-minded. He warns against those who don't have this mindset, a focus on earthly things. Their glory is in their shame, he says. I've mentioned it in recent weeks. If you ever just want to shake your head in amazement, turn on the news. Read a newspaper. Beyond the shock, it just like, really? This actually makes sense to someone? I'm not competing in my life for human life award honors. This world may never honor me for the things I do, which is okay since it was never my goal to begin with. I want to live a life that when I'm done, I get to see him. What happens here really becomes secondary. But we want to move forward. I'm not interested in earthly things. Paul reveals another perspective that can help us as we achieve our goals of putting things behind us and pressing forward to that which is ahead. He reminds us of where we are belong. He says, our citizenship is in heaven. Every single person here that has a passport has a dual citizenship. Your passport might say the United States of America, but you have a citizenship in a place that will never perish and that one day will be your eternal home. That is our citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. We honor the earthly nations to which many people belong. We honor the nations which represent our heritage. But it needs to be abundantly clear. I am just a pilgrim on this planet passing through. Earth is not my final destination. The United States of America, which I love, is not my final residence. And New York, which still has the best pizza in the world, is not my home. I'm looking for a city in heavenly places whose king is Jesus. 
because it's where I belong. And I, in one sense, want to thank our modern-day culture. Because if ever there was a time where they wanted to make me feel like I didn't belong, they have succeeded. I'll walk into conversations and hear people talking, and they'll be very comfortable, and I'm like, I don't belong here. I'll look on the news and see different things, and it's clear to me I don't belong here. I'll read different things, and they'll have a poll, and it'll say 90% of Americans or 90% of people of the world want this, and I'm, it's clear I don't belong here. But I belong in heaven. And one day, it'll be my home because I belong to God. And I belong in heaven. That is the place, until I get there, that I represent. So until then, I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador of heaven. That is the place that I represent, that is the place I promote. Because it's a place everybody needs to be. I am a citizen of heaven. My allegiance is to heaven. My allegiance is to the principles of heaven. And they, become, they come before anything else. People may not agree with me, which has never been a criteria for me agreeing or embracing something anyway. But I believe the people of this planet would be better off if they followed Jesus. Amen. Just, just my, my thinking. I believe the people of the United States of America would be better off if they followed Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to read this next one. I believe the church would be better off if they followed Jesus. And didn't try to accommodate every whim and every wave and every new thing that came along and stuck to what thus saith the Lord. Because if the church isn't going to follow Jesus, why should America follow Jesus? Why should the planet follow Jesus if God's people are going to say, yeah, we follow Jesus, but you don't have to look at that part. You don't have to follow this part. If it's in God's word, it, is, it needs to be in my heart. And it needs to be what I promote and proclaim. Our joy is in the reality of a citizenship in heaven. Now, that's a future reality, but it's a joy that we can have today. And our joy is that we can have, we are given this power when we got saved that I will never have to be a prisoner of the past ever again. And there was an illustration that was once given to me. It was so good. Everybody in life has a trash bucket. Things we've done, things we've said that just shouldn't have been said, things we've done we shouldn't have done, and we realize that and we throw it in the trash. Problem is, most of the people we meet in life really like to go rummaging in our trash buckets. 
They like to go into the trash, pull things out. Ooh, look what you said. Look what you did. Yep. Unfortunately, some people too. When Jesus comes, he empties the trash. He wipes the slate clean. Now, you can go rummaging in the trash all you want, but when you stand before Jesus and try and talk to him about me, he's going to say, that trash bucket's empty. Because he sees you through his son. God sees you through the blood of Jesus, and you have been wiped clean. That brings joy. That brings joy for today. And you know what? That trash bucket will still be empty tomorrow. And that's a joy we can have going into tomorrow. So, yes, I am a citizen of heaven in all that it means. Our joy is in the ability to never become a prisoner to the past. That even means the good past. This church has had a remarkable, wonderful history. And we're all, I'm always going to honor it. But I can't wait to see what God's going to do here. Because I believe the best days of Calvary Church of God are ahead, not behind us. Because Jesus makes it a truth for everyone that every single day is a new day. Every single day is new and fresh. Every single day we can have joy for tomorrow. And you know, when you have something coming up that you're looking forward to, isn't today really awesome? When you've got this amazing party, you can't wait to get to. It's like when we were kids, the month of December couldn't happen fast enough. Because Christmas Day, you knew was going to be awesome. And you would look forward to it. And it made, knowing what December 25th was, made December 1st through the 24th, every day a sense of joy and a sense of wonder and a sense of reaching forward. I never met a kid in the middle of December who was commenting about how wonderful Thanksgiving was. They're looking forward to Christmas morning. And that produced joy. Well, we have joy waiting for us tomorrow. God's got joy in store for you tomorrow. God's got joy in store for you next week. God's got joy in store for you next month. God's got miraculous power and miraculous things he's going to do in your life in the next couple of months. And that can give you a joy that sustains you today because, again, it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. So I look forward to tomorrow, even when today doesn't look so great. When we were getting ready for our trip to D.C. the past couple of days, like anything, I look at the weather. It didn't look really good, did it? But then I looked at the weather coming back. It didn't look really good, did it? I looked at the weather for tomorrow. It's supposed to be a bright, sunny day. 
and I can have joy about that right now. I don't know what you're going through in life, but God's got a joy ready for you. And he wants that joy to help you experience it today. It might be the realization of something you've longed for. It might be something you've been praying for for years. It might be something that you've been asking the Lord for and you have been faithful and not given up. It might be the salvation of a loved one. It might be the healing of something in your life. Don't give up. Maintain that joy in knowing that our God answers prayer. Our sister Lori and our sister Alicia are here because God is good. And we give God praise for that. You are a citizen of heaven. Forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing forward to those things which are ahead. I reach for the upward call in Christ Jesus. Stand with me, please. Now, I think I was somewhat successful, but I always want to be clear. I honor the lives of those who made my freedom possible. They need to be remembered. I'm grateful for my own dad who served in the Air Force for four years. I'm not only grateful for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in combat or in battle, but as was reminded, and, and there were many signs that reminded us what we were looking at the memorials the past couple of days, I'm grateful for the sacrifice of those that gave their lives where they passed away from a service-connected issue after they came home because of something they experienced there. We have a lot of people to honor. And at the top of that list is the one who gave his life for my soul, gave his blood that I might become a citizen of heaven. I'm grateful for the men and women who gave their lives so that I could be a free citizen of this nation. But I thank Jesus for giving his life that I might become a citizen of heaven. Father, we praise you today. We glorify your name. We give you honor. Oh, Lord Jesus.